Welcome to the Word of Faith Sermon Podcast. Join in with us today, ready to grow in your knowledge of the Bible with practical application for your everyday life. If you're interested in following or learning more, join us on our Facebook page at WOFTX or check out our website at WOFTX.com for location and service times. Now here's our special guest minister with today's message. Let it be so. If you agree with those words, say a good amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, God will send you uh, different people. And I haven't always been the best to recognize them up front. Sometimes us preachers brag on how well we hear the voice of the Lord. And we tell everybody, God told me this. And I was praying the other day and the Lord said that. And, uh, you know, it's amazing. Some of the greatest uh, blessings in my life have been the people that the Lord brought my way and I didn't even recognize it in the moments. Little did I know that just seven or eight years ago when I was trying to uh, pastor that church over there and we reconnected for that time, little did I know what I would gain from our friendship. You know, pay attention in these days uh, who the Lord is bringing across your path. Pay attention these days uh, who the Lord is reconnecting you with. And don't just say, well, that's great. You know, I haven't talked to them in a long time. There's a reason and a purpose right now like never before that the people of God are getting connected and getting reconnected and God is bringing things and people back around your life. Why? So you can influence them. Now, you may not believe this yet, but if you tell yourself in the mirror over and over again like I've done over the years, I'm a blessing going somewhere to happen. There are people that need to talk to me. Say, Joey, that sounds prideful. No, it's confidence, not in myself, in he who is in me. Greater is he, 1 John 4, 4 says, Hear of God, little children, and have overcome them. Them who? Them all in the world. All those demon spirits, all those things, all your enemies have been overcome. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And the day that I go to the office... And walk confidently in that. That's the day I start getting testimonies. Look at what the greater one is doing in my office. Look at what the greater one is doing in my school. Look at what the greater one has been doing in my relationships. Oh, look at what the greater one has been doing in my marriage. Look at what the greater one is doing with my children. Look at what the greater one is doing in my church. Look at what the greater one... I couldn't think like that. I couldn't think that fast. But the greater one thinks through my mind. The greater one speaks through my lips. The greater one's operating in my conversations. The greater one's directing my steps. My steps are literally being ordered of the Lord. The greater one is working mightily in me. The greater one is talking with me. The greater one is revealing mysteries unto me. The greater one is working through me. You know what that's called? Christianity. Being a Christian. The carriers of the greater one. The carriers of the greater one. Amen. Amen. I declare over you today that you will have a revelation before, this, before the end of this year that the greater one is working mightily in you and the greater one earns and desires. The Bible says he's sitting at the right hand of the Father doing one thing, praying for you. He's making intercession for you. Question for my life is, what am I doing with all that prayer he's praying? 
And how many know he's praying perfect prayers? The Lord don't make no mistakes in his prayers. He's praying perfectly over me. All that prayer now for going on 46 years. People talk about what we're going to give an account for. I think if the Lord's been doing nothing all day and all night and while you're sleeping, he's making intercession for you. That might be something I could be held accountable for. What's he praying about? He's directing my steps. He's whispering in my ear. He's giving me dreams and visions. What's he doing? He's giving you purpose. People stop living when they stop having a purpose. People stop growing when they stop having a purpose. He's praying purpose over this church. He's praying purpose over your children. He's praying purpose over your grandbabies. He's praying purpose into you. Can you hear him? Amen. How many believe God's got a purpose? Amen. You could have been born. I know this is a warm introduction I'm giving you. and I, I've been known to just come right across the uh, front. We ain't got time to waste. Amen. And I'm not a real pleasant preacher all the time. I'm just a preacher and it comes out of me how it comes out. I don't apologize for that. But God's got a plan for you. Amen. You could have been born at any time in history. But God chose for you to be here right now. What's that all about? He's got a plan. Lord, we thank you right now for your plan. Lord, you even have a plan for this service this morning. I'm not here by accident. Lord, you set this up when I was at a tire store a couple of months ago. And it just seemed right to me, seemed right to Pastor Hagen to set up this meeting. And several things have come across my way to, to hinder this day, but you've got a plan. Nothing's going to hinder the word from going forth. This word this morning for these next few minutes will go forth unhindered, unchecked. Hallelujah. It will go forth and it will cause growth. It will cause manifestation. It's not me. It's the word. It's not me. It's the word of God going forth. And nothing's going to stop it in the name of Jesus. The word of God is the will of God. The word of God reigns supreme. God and his word are one. So, Lord, as we address your word today, we're addressing you. As we're looking at your word today, we're looking at you. Thank you, Jesus, that you, the word made flesh, are truly the author and the finisher of our faith. And our faith is anchored in what you said, your words. And we, the just, shall live by those words. The just shall live by faith in God's word. Yes. So, Lord, we exalt your word today. Hallelujah. We sing about it. We reverence it. Thank you for everything coming together in decent order now. In Jesus' name. And may the peace of God rest on us like never before. Lord, I pray your peace over each and every person here. Pray your peace over their thoughts. Calm them down if they've been restless. Set them at ease who've been worried. And here now, here now in that place of peace, the secret place of the Most High, hear what God is saying to you in Jesus' name. We agree? Amen. Amen. I want to direct your attention this morning. I've always got my notes, and I'm an endless note taker, and man, I can hardly take a shower without having my phone there to dictate notes into, uh, especially just these last few months. It's like the Lord's setting me up for something for 24, and I just need to, uh, 
My dad always said, well, if you write it down, you're, you're more likely to remember it. You can go back. And so I'm a big believer in that. But something that keeps coming up um, uh, this morning, and I, I just need to type this in here so I get the reference right. Um, give me one half second. Thank God for good technology. Amen. Can you say a good amen? Amen. Some of you wouldn't know where to turn in your Bible without Google. So thank God for much of, of that. Amen. Mark chapter 4, and I just want to um, have you turn there with me if you'd like to, if you have a Bible. Joe Morris would say if you have a Bible like mine, it's on page 890. Mark chapter 4, and we won't read this whole thing um, Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Mark 4, 26 says, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground. And rise, uh, cast seed into the ground, and he should sleep and rise night and day. And the seed should spring and grow up. He knows not how. For the earth brings forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth immediately, everyone say immediately, immediately. he puts in the sickle because the harvest is come. Who sows the seed in this parable? Does God sow the seed for the farmer? No. no. No, it says the man sows the seed. Who puts in the sickle to reap the harvest once the seed has grown and sprung forth? Who does the reaping? The man. So two questions. Will God sow your seed for you? Now, God has spoken many words over you. In fact, you got 66 books of God's words spoken over you, spoken for you, spoken for you to live in and operate. You know, Romans 10, 17 talks about faith, and it says it only comes one way. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's say that together. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. One more time. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, Hebrews eleven six defines what pleases God. It says, for without faith, that faith that comes only by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Without faith, it's not possible to please God. So there's something about faith that pleases God. You know, I'm, uh, my son is now four. I've got another son on the way. I'm, I'm experiencing some amazing things in my world right now. One of my dear friends, one of my best friends that I hardly ever talk to, but he's one of the best ones because he's just one of the best ones. One of the best guys I've ever met. One of the best Bible teachers I've ever met. One of the best fathers I've ever met. So in essence, he's one of my best friends. When I think of a good father, I think of this man. When I think of a good Bible teacher or a good witness or a good pastor, I think of this man. You're one of those men. You're not this man, though. No. He said, Joey... 
before my son Everest was born. He said, you're about to learn in the next few years more about God as your heavenly father than you ever have in the previous 40 some odd years. And I said, really? I said, is that, is that a, a scripture? Is that from the Bible? He said, no. You're all of a sudden going to be put in a position to have a relationship with a human being, your own child, and you're going to all of a sudden see what it's like for God to be raising you and trying to talk to you and get his word in you. You know, here I am four years later, and I got to be honest, my son's very smart because his, his mom is a genius, and so he got the smart genes and he got the good-looking genes, I guess, for me. I don't know. Very few amens on that. Thank you very much. And uh, he, uh, I'm realizing just the other day about, well, let's just put it this way. I'm believing God for a greater percentage of my words to come forth from my son. Because by noon the other day, he already got two timeouts and three spankings. <laughs> Amen. I believe in the rod of correction. Praise the Lord. And I'm seeing results from it. Amen. You know, there's only one way to spoil a child. It's not by how much you give him. It's by how little discipline you give him. Amen. He who the Father loves, he chastens, he disciplines. Without discipline, people run wild. Without discipline, bad decisions are made. And so I'm constantly sowing my words into my son Everest. And I say, Everest, that pan is hot. But I want to touch it, Daddy. We've been roasting coffee together. I said, if you touch that pan, it will burn you. But I want to touch it. I said, Everest, and I get down on his level. I said, look me right in the eye, son. I'm telling you, if you touch that pan, not only will it burn you, but because you're disobeying my word, I'll have to discipline you for it. You know, thank God my son doesn't need to touch the fiery pan to find out that's not my will. You know, many people are getting burned constantly in life. And they're saying, well, it must be the will of the Lord. No. Could it possibly be you're not listening? Son, I'm telling you, don't do that. Don't go there. It's going to burn you. For the first time in my life, I'm seeing what it must be like for God to look at me. Going, Joey, you could have it so much better I mean, your best that you praise me over, it can be so much better if you just listen and adhere to my word and trust Amen. what I'm telling you. Trust what I'm saying to you. Trust me, please. Sometimes I'm at my wit's end at 10 o'clock at night and my, my son's jumping up on his bed and I'm going, Everest, trust me, we must go to sleep. <laughs> He's going, ding, da, ding, da, ding, da, ding, dang, dang, dang. That's usually when it's about crash time, just a few minutes later. There's something about learning to trust in the seed of God's Word. You know, God's Word is the ultimate seed. In fact, the Bible says that the Word of God is the incorruptible seed. 
It's the one seed that you get to sow if you choose on every turn. It's the one seed that you can sow in your life, in your home, in your marriage, over your stuff. You can literally take the seed of God's word and sow it into anything and it'll bring life and growth if you keep sowing it. I tell people and people, they don't think I'm as crazy as they used to. But I used to tell people at my church... Every Sunday, I'd say, hey, let's speak the word of God over our finances. Let's sow the seed of God's word. And so for an illustration, I'd have everyone pull out their wallets and their checkbooks. And I'd say, now let's talk to that. Jesus spoke the seeds of the word of God in Mark 11 to a fig tree. Nobody called him crazy to his face, but they were sure surprised the next day when the seeds of his word caused that tree to dry up from the roots. Peter called to his attention after they came back by and said, Lord, look at that tree over there. Jesus said, yeah, what about it? He said, that's the tree that you cursed just yesterday. And Jesus said, yeah. He said, it's already dried up from the roots. And you know what Jesus' response was? Have faith in God. What did you think was going to happen? That's a good question, leaving 23 into 24. What do you think's going to happen? A lot of talk right now. Seems like news is shifting. And people get antsy, wondering what's going to happen. You know the day that you shut that idiot box off? And stop letting somebody you do not know and cannot trust and is most likely not born again and not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to you. The day that you shut that off and get that out of your ear of telling you what is about to happen, that's the day you go free. I can't have my faith anchored in what the newscaster is saying and have my faith in what Jesus is saying. I get to choose the seeds that go into my life. I get to choose what goes into my ears. You know, we sold our house two years ago in Fort Worth. And man, we made a lot of money on it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. We doubled up. Turn to your neighbor say, he doubled up. Actually, more than doubled up. We put about 95 in and took 225 out. I mean, no, that's not bad for a four-year investment. Amen. Amen. And God wants to do that 10, 12, 100 times over if you let him. But you know what? We spoke the seed of God's word. Even our realtor, Christian, born-again, spirit-filled believer, she said, what kind of seed are we going to sow? What kind of money do you want to make? And I gave one number, and my wife gave a much bigger number. And I'm learning to keep my mouth shut. Husbands, if we can learn to keep our mouth shut just for an hour, you'll be so much happier. If you can just hold your, your, the seed that's coming to your mind and not let it escape your lips, just hold it for 60 minutes. You'll learn some things. I'm realizing more and more the words that come to my wife's mind and come out of her mouth, they may not always in my immediate 
recognition sound like wisdom, but I'm finding out more often than not, that's exactly what they are. How many men here are grateful for their wife? This is a good opportunity, guys. You can score some points today. This is where your day gets made or breaked. How many are grateful for the wisdom that God has put into their spouse? Amen. How many are listening for that wisdom? Do you recognize the wisdom that is coming out of the one that's sleeping next to you? Amen. It's very quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning. Are you listening and hearing the wisdom of God that is coming out of them? No, the Bible says that one by himself can deal with a thousand. But two, when they come together in teamwork, somehow God takes one and one and multiplies it by ten. That's the parable of the sower. How many know the farmer? Anyone ever farmed anything? Even on a small scale, maybe you had a little garden. Anyone done any gardening? How many, when you, you put all your tomato seeds out there, you're expecting, for each seed, you're expecting one mater, right? No? No, when I sow a tomato seed, I'm expecting multiplication. You know, that is a mirror image of a spiritual principle. Everything works by seed time and harvest. Our lives, our very existence is, is a testimony of this principle of seed time and harvest. My father used to tell me when I was a teenager, I'd come home complaining about a hard test or something I was mad about. And I'd go on and on and my dad would say, Joey, just remember, what you say is headed your way. Do you want what you're saying to head your way? Because I'd say, man, I'm such a moron, Dad. I, I, the best I can do, I studied all night. The best I can do is pull out a C plus. He'd say, Joe, I wouldn't talk like that. I've been telling you your whole life, you're the smartest kid in your class. That the greater one lives in you. That the peace of God overwhelms you. You know, one of the most uh, things I'm grateful the most over my parents is that they operated this principle. They constantly sowed the seed of God's word, the incorruptible seed. You know, I'm realizing that I get to train up my son any way I want to. And my son, by the time he's a teenager, he is going to think and talk and act in the manner that I taught him was the right way or the wrong way. Now, some people don't like that. But for example, my son is four. I tell him every day, all day, Everest, you're such a blessing. Even when he's just hit the dog right in the face with a golf club. I say, now, Everest, we're going to have to get discipline. And I, I, I bring out the Bible and say, the, the Bible says that the rod of correction is going to drive foolishness from me. That was a foolish thing. Annie did nothing to deserve. Annie's an old dog now. And she didn't do anything but walk by you. And you, you grounded her and kicked her in the hiney. Now he's just a little guy. He watches a cartoon, sees something silly, and then wants to act. We're, we're realizing that the seeds of some of the cartoons that he's been watching, we got to get that seed out. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. Even with a little guy. And so we tell him all day, every day, when we pray with him at night, I say, you're such a blessing. 
Everest, everyone loves you. Everest, he, he, he may not even know everything or comprehend all that I'm saying. And I say, Everest, Daddy and Mommy love you. You're going somewhere to happen. Everest, the, the work of your hands, he doesn't even know what that means, the work of his hands. The work of your hands will always prosper. Everything you set your little hands to, Everest, are, are going to prosper. You think the thoughts of the mind of Christ. You're going to be blessed all your days. You're going to operate. What am I doing? I'm taking time to do what he said. I'm sowing seeds. You know, no farmer in Texas that's in his right mind would actually expect to reap any harvest without first sowing the seed. Yet in the church world, many churches are filled up with people who are calling on harvest. Lord, give me your wisdom. Lord, give me this. And never once have taken the time to sow his word. Didn't he say, put me in remembrance of what I have said. Yeah. Amen. I examined my prayer life about 10 or 12 years ago when I first moved to Texas. God brought us from Massachusetts, thank God, and uh, brought us down to the Holy Land and delivered us from the frozen chosen from among them and brought us out. Amen. Thank God for Texas. God blessed Texas with his own hand. He brought down angels from the promised land. Amen. <laughs> Gave them a place where they could dance. If you want to see heaven, baby, here's your chance. I've been sent to spread the message. God bless Texas. Amen. See, that got more amens than anything I've said this whole time. You're going to clap for that? I'm giving you the words of Jesus. I see what type of church you're growing here. It's good, though. I like it. I like it. Where do I join? We're going to reap what we sow. You ever heard Grandma? Grandma used to say, Joey, I'd say something silly. She'd say, you know, you'll reap what you sow. You know, that's not supposed to be a bad thing. That's not supposed to be a bad thing. When God said that in, in, in uh, the epistles, Galatians and Ephesians, talking about reaping what you sow, that's a good thing. Yeah. It's only a bad thing if all day long I'm sowing bad things. Right, Notice this farmer, he's going out to reap. Didn't it say here? He, as soon as the harvest has come. Is it possible that you could sow something? And actually miss out on reaping it? Yep. Amen. Amen. Now that's another principle that could work in reverse. Some people say, well, you better watch it. You're going to reap what you sow. Well, if I've been sowing good things, that's a time to shout and rejoice. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Yes, I agree with that. I'm about to reap what I've sown because I've been sowing good stuff. Yeah. Amen. You get to decide what your harvest looks like. By the seed you sow. Just like you get to decide in the natural if you're going to harvest potatoes, you don't sow carrots in hopes of reaping potatoes, right? That's right. You don't sow celery in hopes of reaping carrots. No, you reap exactly what you sow. So it's an indicator in my spiritual life to take God at his word and spend more time in this season, spend more time in his word, sowing what he said. Yeah. Can you say a good amen? amen? 
You know, me and my wife decided when we got married, coming up on 12 years ago, we are going to have it God's way. That old boy in the Bible said, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. You know, there's only one way to serve the Lord, and that's to talk like the Lord. Speak over my life like the Lord's been speaking. You know, the Lord has never once cursed me. The Lord has never once struck me down. In fact, the Lord has never judged me. Not even one time. People say, well, God's judging so-and-so. That's why they're sick. God's No, if when God judges something, there's nothing left. No, we live in a dispensation of, of God's grace right now by the blood of Jesus. God's not judging anybody. The fact is, is people have been sowing and sowing and sowing, and many of them openly, their harvest gets seen, and people say, well, God did that. No, we are the sower, and we are the reaper. Now, we can get God with us on this if we'll sow what he's telling us to sow, when he's telling us to sow it, and how he's telling us to sow it. You know, the only thing the Lord's ever told me to say is what he's saying. Anytime I've talked to the Lord about money, Lord, where's the money? Things aren't looking up. Lord, they're talking about the economy. They're talking things on the news about better get to the store and fill up on water jugs and, and, and get solar and mask up. And, and, and what about food? You ever see these commercials they're selling? You start thinking, I, I can't live without bacon. I got to get to the store. I got to go to a Costco and I need to load up on bacon because what, what, if, what if the neighbors all get the bacon? You know, God's never speaking anything about shortage. Everything about him is overage. Even when the children of Israel had nothing to eat, God said, no problem for me. I'll bake you bread. All you got to do is get out of your tent and go get it. And don't worry about tomorrow. Oh, that's a good prophetic word for you. Don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will take care of itself. Who's going to take care of you tomorrow? Is it you or God? People say all the time, well, you better take care of yourself. You better start taking care. Take better care of yourself. How about putting yourself by his word into his hand and say, Lord, I'm going to ask you to take care of me. Lord, tell me. What I need to do to get you to take better care of me. How many know if you were truly in God's hands, he would know what to do with you? How many believe that God could do more with you than you could do with you? How many believe that this next year in 2024, that if you went all in with God and said, Lord, I'm going to start living by your word. I'm going to take you at your word. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to, I'm going to take your word apart. I'm going to confess your word. I'm going to stop talking down. I'm going to stop sowing seeds of negativity. I'm going to stop speaking junk over my life, over my home. This new season in 24 is going to be a word season. It's going to be a faith season. I'm the just. I've been justified by the blood of Jesus. And it's time for me to Start living by faith in what you said. Amen. You know, when we sold that house two years ago, I had a word from the Lord. It's right around COVID time still lingering. The Lord said, when you move, don't take your TV with you. And he had to tell me that like 30 times. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling on myself. Sometimes when you don't want to sow something, because it's precious, precious I remember hearing it the first time I thought that can't possibly be God 
that's a nice TV. Oh, was you going to leave it to the lady who bought the house? That wasn't part of the deal. My wife woke up the very next morning. She said, what if we just leave this TV? I said, God said that to you? That sounds a lot like what he said to me. You know, the Lord will, if you're listening, confirm his word. If you don't hear him, he'll tell your wife, fellas. And if you don't hear him through him, through her, he'll keep telling your wife. You'll think your wife's nagging you, and it's actually God talking to you. How come when I talk about wives, nobody amens around here? <laughs> Amen. Well, my wife cursed, and she said, I think we should just leave this TV. Now, she said, I think we should sew this TV to this little old lady that bought our house and paid cash and waived all the inspection rights. It was a honey of a deal. It was a good house. I said, that's what the Lord's been telling me. I said, let's just pray on it a while. <laughs> I thought maybe she would forget. It got stronger on both of us. Now, the Lord finally brought me back. He said, you know, Joey, you've been praying a lot about peace in your life. I'm just, I, there's no way for me to finish everything I want to say, so you'll have to have me back sometime. I'll see you in another five years, I'm sure. Uh, one day, just after we made that deal, we were actually sitting in the, uh, the, the office um, to sign over the papers. Uh, I guess the mortgage office. And uh, a stack of paperwork. And it took a while. So many signatures. I didn't even know what I was signing. They kept saying, sign here. I said, I don't need to know what it is. Just, they said, well, legally, we've got to tell you what you're signing. And <clears throat> as long as it has to do with the keys going into that lady's hand, I just sign, just keep signing so many signatures, my hand got tired. And while I'm sitting in that office, it was quiet in there. All you could hear was me and my wife signing away. I heard the Lord say, hey, don't forget to leave that TV. And in a very moment, I saw myself with my wife sowing the seed of God's word concerning peace and joy over our lives. The Lord, uh, we believe by faith that we receive a season of peace and joy. You know, selling a house during COVID was very stressful. Lots of protocols, lots of people, lots of Martian-looking people coming through your house with masks on. It's a very different way to sell a house than I've ever done. I never sold a house when everyone was wearing masks and had to be sick. It's hard to really get a good feel for a house when everyone's socially distanced six feet or more away. It's difficult. But I remember in that season, the Lord said, uh, start speaking my word concerning peace. Joey say, I operate in peace. I operate in joy. The top three, love, joy, peace. There's nine fruits of the Spirit. Pay attention to the top three. Love is the chief one. By faith, your, or by, by, by love, your faith works, Galatians 5, 6 says. That's a good seed to sow into your life. My, my faith can only work by my love. My faith works to the level of my love. Amen. To his love in my life. And his love is perfect. And the Bible says his perfect love casts out all fear. The Lord said, now for this house deal to go the way that you're saying you want it, then you're going to have to be operating in perfect peace, not worry about a thing. 
You set in motion your words, what you want to sell this house for, no matter what anyone says, no matter what anyone else in the neighborhood has sold theirs for. I've given you this number. You've taken it by faith. Now do it. Say it. So I said the impossible thing. It was about $45,000 more than I thought anyone would pay for that house. But my wife got a word from the Lord. And she said, Joey, we can get that extra money. And I said, glory to God, I want that extra money. But I was afraid. And the Lord said, you got to get the peace that she's got. I've got a buyer, but you got to call them in. You know, for 30 days, I walked my property and I said, Lord, I thank you for peace and joy operating on this property. When people come on this property to look at my house, there's something about this property that reminds them of a place of peace and joy. Lord, somebody is falling in love with this property. Someone's going to say, I have to have it, and I'm willing to pay more for it. I don't want anyone else to have it. There's something special about this property. This property is filled with peace and joy. This guest house we built out of, we built a 100 square foot uh, mother-in-law suite to keep my mother-in-law back there. Don't tell her I said that. But uh, uh, when, when they walk in this guest suite, they sense a presence of peace and joy. They experience a presence of God. And they feel safe here. It just came up out of my spirit. I don't even think like that. The Lord said, tell, say these things. They feel safe on this property. You know, everyone who looked at that property, there were multiple testimonies of what the realtors said that everyone said. There was such a peace. Some people said it was like a ghost on our property. You know what ghost it was? The Holy Ghost. I said they feel His presence. Now, these aren't Christian people necessarily. These are just folks looking to buy an investment property or, or make their, buy this house. But I said it over and over again. I sowed the seeds of God's word of peace and joy. Somebody's going to fall in love with this place. They had 40, 47 showings of our property. You know, the lady that bought it was the first one that came on the property. And we had to leave town for that weekend so they could do an open house. But we listened in on our security cameras. And you know what I heard her say? When she came in from the backyard, she said, there's something about this place. There's like a peace here. And she, the agent said, well, it's a day early. We let her in a day early. She said, a lot of people are going to, but, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to look at this over the weekend. What do you want to do? She said, I got to have it. I'm in love with this property. There's a peace here. And she said, well, what's your best offer? You know what? She came in 25 grand less than what we agreed with the Lord. And I told my wife, I said, let's take it. And she said, no. She said, we agreed for the 225. I said, Kirsten, 200 is 20 more than I thought we could have got. What if we scare her off? My wife said, no, we got in faith. And we're agreeing. She snapped the wisdom of God in my wife. Snapped me right back into believing. I said, you know what? You're right. And we called our agent back. We said, tell her, we'll take 225 everything waived, cash, no loan. You know, we waited an hour. And she called back and said, done. 
put all that in motion. It was the words of God. You will have what you say. If you don't hear anything else that I've said this whole time, you are having what you say. You are the greatest prophet over your own life. You get to decide what comes out of this mouth. And just like that sower in the natural that sowed physical seed, this is my seed spreader. She literally said, I sense a peace here. It's like there's a ghost living on this property. I said, yeah, there is a ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. Just as sure as I'm standing here, I believe the Lord's speaking to us today. 24 is going to be your greatest year. Make it that way. Start by changing what you've said. Anything you've said that's negative over 23, concerning the government, concerning the president, concerning uh, any office locally, anything that we've been saying, let's put a stop to that and say, no, May not be what I think it should be, but I'm going to change it. Lord, I pray peace over those in authority. Lord, I pray peace over our school systems. Lord, I pray peace over my house. I'm going to reap in joy in 24. Can you say a good amen? Hallelujah. I want to thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you would like to help us increase our outreach, please like, share, and subscribe to our channel so that we can bring the Word of God to friends and family near you. Don't forget you can check out our location, other podcasts and service times, on our website at woftx.com. If you're in the East Texas area, we'd love for you to stop by and join in for one of our services. We're glad you chose our podcast. Be blessed. We'll see you next time.